With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me uh, on this Sunday afternoon uh, via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, not only are the Islanders through to the actual playoffs, the first round of the playoffs, but now we know who they're playing too in the Washington Capitals. So uh, if you weren't excited before, now is the time. Now it is all for real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I think if if you had asked me before, um, this tournament, what kind of the ideal scenario would be. Um, we're, we're kind of close to it. Uh, especially the Flyers have looked pretty strong. I, I didn't expect them to, to kind of carry that form over, and they, they certainly have. But uh, I think if you would ask me, and, and yes, this is a dangerous game to play because all these teams are good, obviously, and can beat the Islanders with their eyes closed. But I I, uh, I probably would have picked the Capitals as, as the team I wanted to play the most in the in the first best of seven series. So and we dodged a bullet uh, for sure because the team that I wanted to play the least was Boston, and that for for mostly because I I think we match up poorly with them. But then again, my my wife is a Bruins fan, so that would have been kind of hell to pay. But uh, I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of chuffed with uh with how things have kind of unfolded. Yeah, if you remember all the way back to when the regular season was actually going on, and the Islanders were struggling to keep their heads above the playoff cutoff line, it seemed for a long time that. If they were to make the playoffs, they would be stuck playing the Bruins, who at that point were the best team in the Eastern Conference, team that the Islanders have been completely 
disowned by uh, for years now. I mean, in your lifetime and my considerably longer lifeline, uh, lifetime, they have never beaten the Bruins consistently ever. Um, and so it was sort of like, well, I mean, they can make the playoffs, but what are they going to do to get stuck playing the Bruins? This situation changes things a great deal. The Flyers, like you said, uh, have been lights out for this entire tournament and secured the uh, number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They are going to play the Montreal Canadiens, and I'll be honest, we'll talk more about this later, but I don't see how the Habs win a single game because just everything has fallen right for the Flyers right now. It's pretty crazy. Um, the Bruins, uh, of all the teams in the bubble, in, in both bubbles really, they're just – they just never got on track. Even today's game, they, they lost to the Caps 2-1 uh, just a few minutes ago. And I don't know. They just never looked right. Tuka Rask was really good. But just in terms – they didn't look like the Bruins. Like, they just – stuff wasn't – you know, passes weren't as crisp. And they just weren't creating the kind of intimidation and havoc that they normally do. And, I mean, I don't remember even too many – they had shots. But they weren't really all that of a dangerous variety. Um, and so things have been a little bit weird. And for a little while, I thought to myself – Maybe this is the year that the Islanders can get over on the Bruins. But then I was like, oh, what are you, crazy? That's stupid. Um, so they are going to be playing the Caps, who I think, I agree with you, are, are a better matchup for the Islanders. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be uh, an easy go. I mean, these guys still have uh, a ton of talent, obviously. Uh, they were without John Carlson today, who was has been hurt for most of the time. They're without Lars Eller, whose uh, wife just gave birth to a baby boy. So congratulations to the Ellers. Um, but Tom Wilson scored a really nice goal. Uh, TJ Oshie scored a goal. And uh, it's not going to be fun. Uh, you know, we talked before how the Caps are this weird combination of like likable, all talented, all round talented Hall of Fame guys. Uh, like uh, Ovechkin and Backstrom and Braden Holtby and and also guys that are just absolute abject pieces of shit like Tom Wilson and Garnet Hathaway and if if Wilson is a is just a huge turd then Hathaway is like a a, a puddle of of piss that you don't even notice and then you step in by accident like these two guys really are just the two worst and uh, if the Islanders can can get past them and not fall into their stupid trap. I think they'll be in pretty good shape against the Caps and at least make the, the series interesting. I don't think they're going to they're going to go away easily. Um but uh, I do think the Islanders can uh, can do something against them. Yeah, I think right there's 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 pretty much a path to success against the Capitals whereas the Bruins it's not because they play a similar system and it's basically like you got to beat the Bruins. You got to be better than the Bruins four out of seven times to to win and with the Capitals it's a little different, right? You're, you're there's a game plan point one just stay out of the box like you, it's if the islanders right. keep this at five on five they're they really it's a coin flip like they that's really it like they the, they're not going to be able to win power play games or special team games against the capitals because of you know ovechkin and because and, netsov if he's healthy and and backstrom and kovalchuk and carlson if he's healthy like you just go down the list to a man like the the capitals just are better than than the islanders and if you keep this thing at five on five the islanders kind of negate that and, and turn the, the, the series into a rock fight and make the Capitals a little uncomfortable with that. Um, and like you said, Tom Wilson and Garnet Hathaway, like those are the kind of guys who are good fits for the Capitals because they draw the ire out of their opponents and are able to create power plays just by, you know, skating past Adam Pellick after a whistle and getting him to slash him. And I don't know why I picked Pellick, but just like, you know, those kind of like after the whistle, kind of things like the Islanders should be prepared and should be ready for that. This is a, um, you know, we talk about Barry Trotz hockey being very detail oriented, like Barry Trotz knows who these capitals very well. And will hopefully 
it's 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 he's he'll have it drilled into them like you, you're not taking any stupid penalties in the series leo Komarov, that that's a that's a message especially for you yeah uh, just just as long as they you know keep their heads about them like this is this is it like the, this they couldn't have this thing couldn't have unfolded better for this version of the islanders um considering all like obviously the outside things that are going on so if they if they keep it five on five and they they stick to a uh to their game uh this thing is is definitely a coin flip and the capitals are uh yeah they're a little banged up i i, I know carlson and kuznetsov have been um kind of battling things and you just don't know because the the round robin was so weird i thought like the teams like the, the flyers seem to be taking it much more seriously than anybody i think that's part of the reason that that they did so well uh, is that, that, that uh, you know, you watch the lightning games or the Bruins games. It's like, they, they didn't seem right. to be bothered. <laughs> like they were like, yeah, Today's know. game for 50 minutes was a real snooze fest. Yeah. It wasn't until the Bruins made a two one that there was at least a little bit of energy to it. But yeah, even the caps, I mean, they, they played better than the Bruins, but they were not good. <laughs> they were not as good as they normally are. Yeah. And you wonder, you know, you, you can't say it one way or another, but you just wonder is playing do or die games. Um, does that, give an advantage to the teams that are coming out of the qualifying round and i know that uh some of the round robin teams i think during like the players vote kind of voice that concern with the, this format obviously no format was going to be fair but they were saying that you know that these teams are going to be playing very high level high stakes hockey while you know the bruins are kind of just skating through the motions and these are these were glorified glorified preseason games to them and it looked like it like you said rask looked good and uh Brayden Holtby also too and so it's 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 really hard to get a read on any of these teams you, you can say the Flyers were the only ones that really showed something on the Eastern Conference side and um it's so I just don't know how to weigh any of that coming in and and you just and I and the point with Carlson and you know Kuznetsov sitting out some of these games was you don't know if they're actually hurt or if these are just like precautionary measures from from the Capitals like you know what like let's not risk John Carlson. Maybe he's a little banged up. We don't want to risk him in a round robin game when we're going to need him uh, next week against the Islanders. So there's, there's a lot of stuff still like hypothetical stuff that's in the air, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I, I'm, I don't feel like the Islanders are doomed and uh, they, <laughs> they, they obviously played uh, if they play like they did against the Panthers who much more inferior opponent than the, the Capitals. Uh, this, they have a chance here. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the, the power play situation because that, that's almost the exact same sort of game plan, I guess, so to speak, that they had against the Panthers. Or, or I should say that's kind of how it unfolded against the Panthers. Uh, the reason the Islanders are even here to play the Capitals is that they beat the Panthers 5-1 to one on Friday's uh, Game 4, uh, which was about as complete an Islanders win as we've seen in a very, very long time. Going back to probably last December, uh, you know, they looked about as good as they could possibly look. Anthony Bovillier had two goals. Uh, Matt Barzell was everywhere, and he had a beautiful goal uh, to kind of seal it up in the third. Um, Brock Nelson had a power play goal. Uh, you know, they outshot the Panthers by quite a bit. They, they came out, kind of stormed the gates a little bit. Um, but, you know, for the entire series, it it was basically the Islanders at five on five kind of dominating the Panthers and then going on the power or the penalty kill and giving it all right back. They we talked about game three where they, you know, they played pretty well and except for they caused a couple of penalties due to unforced errors, the puck over the glass, a goalie trapezoid penalty. And before you know it, that's two power play goals. And then they tack on another one and the game is over. So 
this is even more so. This is like you said, this is the, the, the Capitals are obviously a much more exponentially talented team than the Panthers are, but that kind of game plan goes even more so. You cannot give these guys opportunities because their power play is arguably the best in the league, even though they've been running the same thing. Now, the architect of a lot of that power play currently coaches the Islanders. <laughs> of course, Barry Trotz, who, of course, if you haven't seen or if you forgot about the clip of him saying him talking to the caps that first time that the they came through the island and he got his ring and he said you guys can win it again but you're gonna have to go through the fucking island well get used to it because you're gonna see that a lot now for the next two weeks um but uh you know i don't know how much is left over of what trots taught them but that's going to be key number one i mean you don't need to be barry trots to know that but the more opportunities they give these guys in the power play the worse it's going to be and that's just i mean that goes for anybody but more so for the islanders who despite moving on have not had the greatest penalty killing time now what's funny about the islanders power play is that they actually operated pretty well for the bubble they went four for 16 uh which is about you know 25 percent clip which is pretty good it's quite a bit better than they did in the regular season so you know if they can make the best of their power play opportunities then well then that gives them an advantage too but uh yeah i think it's a it's a pretty even matchup um you know if you don't look at the names on the backs of the jerseys like if you start looking at names you know the caps obviously have more guys that you've heard about and the islanders don't but i think in terms of play i i expect it to be pretty even and, and go pretty long um but you know uh, it's it's hard for me to say i'm i'm happy about the matchup but i i don't know if i would have been happy about any matchup unless somehow Something weird happened and the Islanders end up playing the Canadians or something. Even that matchup, I probably wouldn't have liked either. Yeah, that would have been scary too. I, I, the one thing I think that's funny about that Barry Trotz clip, um, since he said that, it's it's turned the island into more of like an ethos. Uh, not just you know for him and the fans, but like the players say it a lot more. Uh, they, they they refer to them, you know. I think they are saying like the boys of the Isle, and um, they, you, you, I heard Brock Nelson's like presser the other day where he said you know we've been on the island for a while now and and it's it's just fun to hear them talk about long island and, and the island is it's like the singular thing and it's a it's like a daunting task to come to the island and it's it, it it's cool to have that identity like they they're they're definitely leaning into it much more than teams in the past you know have you never heard uh guys like you know Ole Kavasha say stuff like like you know oh yeah try to come through the island and see what happens like there's there's much more of a a pride uh in in what the what Long Island means to the NHL and the history uh and these guys seem to recognize it a lot more and and I mean that that, that that's this in my lifetime I think the the most uh I've heard it you know spoken you, you when guys sign here like when John Sims signed here I'm sure he said like oh this is a, a great team with a lot of history but that's about as far as it got now it's it's different. Like you hear these guys talk about the island, and 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 you feel like yeah, no, that's my island too. You 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 feel like they they get it. They they understand the community um, ethos of this team much more than uh, previous versions have. And and I think a lot of that has to do with with Barry Trotz. Yeah, um, no, that's a good point. Where where Trotz, you know, he he has made that. It's almost like more of a of a uh, like a marketing thing, you know, or, or like a focal point. Now, what's interesting is that. They're not playing on the island. They're playing in Toronto. So that <laughs> yeah, not the uh, island, the that, bubble, <laughs> the bubble. Yeah. So that um that ethos sh- should carry over. But you know, it's interesting. I wonder. And I mean, obviously, there's you know, there's 16 teams now in the bubble. There were 24. Now there's 16, and they all probably think this way. But you know, being you know, each team has its own floor. So like, 
you're confined with these guys. It's almost like summer camp. Like you're just confined with these guys for so long. And then you go to practice as a group and I'm sure you eat as a group and that kind of thing. Um, so you, you wonder how, how closer they, they come together and, and you know, what, what that means to how they, they play. And again, I'm sure the same thing could be said for the caps or the Bruins or the Canadians or whoever, but uh, it, it is going to be pretty interesting to see like, you know, what kind, I wonder what kind of conversations they have about, this sort of thing and like, you know, what they talk about prior to these games. Like I'm sure that Tom Wilson's going to come up. Thomas Hickey is there. I don't know if he's going to get to play. Uh, Johnny Boychuk, by the way, was at um, practice today. So he might end up being good to go. Uh, Andy Green, as we talked about last time, is filled in ably while he was out. And to be perfectly honest, no offense to Johnny, kind of rather see Andy Green in there <laughs> against the Caps um, on Tuesday. Actually, yeah, we forgot to mention that too. The, the series starts, well, the playoffs start on Tuesday, whether the Islanders start on Tuesday uh, remains to be seen, but it'll be either Tuesday or Wednesday. I would assume it's probably Tuesday, but uh, we'll have to see. They've been off for, they would have been off for three days at that point, uh, which isn't too bad. It's better than two weeks or whatever they were off uh, last, last year, which kind of messed them up, which was a problem. But um, yeah, I I wonder what, what they're going to talk about in terms of Wilson and Hathaway. And, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of staying, keeping him out of your head. And I'm sure, you know, they, they brought this up on NBCSN just now that, you know, Barry Trotz helped mold Tom Wilson into the player that he is. And so I would think that Trotz would have some insight into the kinds of things you should do to not let Wilson get in your head and to get in his head, perhaps. And so that's the thing I worry about the most is that, you know, and then that's that's been my problem with Islanders Caps games in the past is that they focus on this one guy who's who's a pretty good player. I mean, let's be honest, like Tom Wilson's a pretty good player, but like they have a dozen other better players and then you're focusing on this one guy and all of a sudden Nicholas Backstrom has five points. Like you can't do that, you know? So that's what worries me about this. I, I do think, uh, I do think they can, they can get past them. I, I don't, will they? Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm not going to make a prediction, but uh, I, I do think it's a, it's a cl- lot closer matchup than I think most caps fans would lead you to believe. It's a general lack of respect. I have found there's a lot of great caps fans out there. Japers rank of course has been, one of the better SB Nation hockey blogs for a long time, but there's a definite lack of respect there for the Islanders uh, that you could sense from uh, from Cavs fans in particular. So uh, uh, nothing would please me more than to shove it down their throats and win the series. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take putting up a fight too, uh, like they did uh, a couple of years ago in that final series at the Coliseum. Yeah, I think uh, th- th- you're going to hear a lot of uh, you know. We talked about it last week with or last episode with um, you know just the way that greater hockey media works like the mainstream media they're going they don't really know pay attention to the details of each team and it's really hard for them too you know you, we can cut them some slack a little bit but uh this this series is going to be painted as Barry Trotz's defense first islanders against the you know high octane offense of the capitals but we know it's it too, it's a little different than that it's this is a uh a much closer series than I think the national media will, will paint it as, and it'll be a lot different than I think people will think it's going to come down to, you know, does, does the Capitals can win the, each game through moments of magic with through from, you know, Ovechkin or uh, Backstrom, John Carlson, Holtby, whereas the Islanders, it's going to need to be a, a team effort. Um, and, and I just think that the styles of play match up pretty well for the Islanders too. And, you you won't hear some of that, and, and people it'll get upsetting, you know, frustrating that the Islanders won't get the credit that they were they deserved uh, from not just you know 
this past series, but the past whatever it's been now with with Trotz, he's been mm-hmm. the Islanders coach for two years, uh, more than two years now. Uh, so it's it the Islanders aren't going to get any; they don't get credit. Like they're just not going to get the credit they that they deserve. It's going to be you might hear like one or two guys talk, you know, pick the Islanders to win the series just because they got to pick a uh, an underdog <laughs> and whatever, and um, they 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 could say that like, oh Barry Trotz is we'll know the Capitals how to shut them down. But the, the truth is, is, you know, that, that stuff really isn't really what, what's going to decide the series. And uh, so if, as long as you stay kind of focused on, on what, what the, on the Islanders and, and know, look, we know this team inside and out, we know w- what makes them click. And the fact that they have everybody in their right spot right now. And, and like you said, I think that also has to be said about Andy Green. Like I think Andy Green is in the perfect spot and uh, for this team to succeed. So, I think if if you look at the Islanders and what they did last series, you should feel pretty confident that this is a 50-50 matchup or close to it. Maybe a little, I think the odds will probably be like, you know, 55-45 for the Capitals. And you got to take that. when If if you're the underdog in a series, you're what they're technically the sixth seed, right? So if you're the sixth seed, you take that, um, you take those odds. And and that's why I'm, you know, I'm not too, uh, I'm not, I'm confident. I'm not, I don't, I think it's it's a coin flip series, and I'm confident that uh, the Islanders can kind of come on the right side of that as long as they play, you know, within themselves and, and don't do anything stupid. And they're like they're they're the difference between these Islanders and the ones that ended the season was Barry Trotz can go out there. He doesn't even have to really be behind the bench because he's got his four lines and he's got his three defense pairs. Like that that he doesn't need to. This team when when they're when they're healthy and they have everybody in the right spot, like it's a machine they're they might not be the you know a terribly intimidating machine but they it works well barry trotz can take the night off and say all right guys you know exactly what to do you know who's supposed to play against who and and what situations uh so i they they look like they're clicking i'm really excited about it i'm much more excited the panther series was really hard to really get excited about because it just never we, we joked about it on the last episode like it just never really seemed and like the, the the result was never really in doubt. Like the Islanders kind of, it was almost like the Panthers didn't even need to be there. The Islanders kind of just brushed them aside in that last game, especially it was really strange. That was about the the least stress I've ever been about an Islanders result in my life, especially in a big game uh, where I always convince myself that they're going to lose. But I mean, if they, if that team shows up with the way that second line's going, like this is, this is a good, good opportunity for the Islanders to, to make a run. Yeah, the um, I, as we said it before too. The, the only team that out there that has a real, true claim to hate the Islanders are the Florida Panthers. Like they really, they really are. <laughs> like we've just we've ruined two seasons now. The Islanders have ruined two full seasons of the Panthers. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of I gotta say it, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's yeah, it's weird. Cool. It's weird to have that kind of team because right, yeah, like we have seven of them or eight of them right. that I can think of <laughs> off the top of my head. And you know it's nice to be that that bogey team for another for another franchise. And um, I, you know if you run into a Florida Panthers fan, which is not you know terribly common, like it'll be funny to hear what they have to say. Which just a really weird tangent. Um, so I just moved. I'm in Baldwin now, and um, I was driving through Freeport last week, and I saw someone with a big Calgary Flames decal, and and it was it said Calgary Flames on it so it wasn't like some a high school team with that logo right yeah <laughs> and in Freeport and I was like damn that was weird I put it in the back of my head and today I went into a, a deli to get some coffee and I saw a guy with a Mark Giordano jersey tee so they like, oh, wow. that's got to be him like I, mm. I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him you know with the way um, 
the, the world is and you know everyone's wearing right. masks and you don't want to uh you know I, I, you don't want to make someone uncomfortable but uh just really strange calgary F- flames fan <laughs> here on the south shore of long island Wow. Yeah. I, I used to work with a guy who was from New Jersey who was a Flames fan. I forget the, what the story was, but he just, I think he was like a big, uh, a big, like, yeah, I think he just started watching hockey in like 1986 or something when they were like first, first went to the finals and stuff and he just kind of kept going. And this was when they stunk too. So, um, yeah, it's so actually they're, they're going through the same thing right now. He's probably sitting home watching that, um, stars and, um, blues game that's going on right now. Because the winner of that game will end up playing the Flames. So uh, he's in the same boat that, that we were just in a few minutes ago. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. And then we're going to talk about some uh, other uh, teams winning and losing from around the league. And uh, uh, and uh, ping pong, too. Just we're going to throw that in there as well. Uh, all right, we'll see you in a few minutes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can buy T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic defunct hockey logos. They got the New York Golden Blades. They got the Long Island Ducks. They got New England Whalers. They got all kinds of great stuff. VintageIceHockey.com also sells our Al Arbor T-shirts. You can get them exclusively there, and our portion goes straight to the Center for Dementia Research. If you use the code Lighthouse15, you can save 15%. Check it out today, VintageIceHockey.com. Hockey's still going on, so no time like the present to uh, to wear a cool hockey T-shirt like uh, the guy in uh, the deli that Mike saw who was wearing the Mark Giordano T-shirt. This will be way cheaper than a Mark Giordano T-shirt, <laughs> too. VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, okay, so uh, the field is almost set. There's a couple of games going on right now, like I said before. The Blue Stars, the winner gets to play the Flames. The loser gets to play the um, – oh, I forgot now. Canucks, Hold I think. On. Canucks, right. Yeah, yeah, the loser plays the Canucks uh, or something like that. Um, and then tonight uh, at 8 o'clock is the Leafs and Blue Jackets, the one qualifying series that, that went the distance. Uh, teams trading 3-0 comebacks. It's pretty wild. I'm not going to tell you guys who I'm rooting for because you already know. So let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> but a couple of teams did get bounced that had, you know, designs on going pretty far. The Edmonton Oilers, for one, they lost in uh, – uh, four games to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Pittsburgh Penguins lost in four games to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we talked about the Rangers losing already uh, last week, I think. And um, yeah, it's, you know, there's been a lot of like, oh my God, how how could the NHL possibly let Crosby and, and McDavid get bounced? Well, first of all, they didn't, those teams lost for a reason. Like the Canadians weren't just carry pricing their way through that series. Like they outplayed the Penguins and, I'm sticking with my prediction that we have seen the last of Evgeny Malkin in a penguin sweater. I don't know if he just was very disinterested in that series. And I don't know if it's 
if it's Mike Sullivan or Cindy Crosby or I don't know, sandwiches with French fries on them that he's just done with this city, done with that team. He's got to get out of there. He's going to be someplace else probably next season. Um, and they were just outplayed by by a much, much more inferior team. And the same with the Oilers. I mean, when McDavid was on the ice, they were lights out. And when literally any of the other 15 guys in the team were on the ice, the Blackhawks were totally fine. So they weathered the storm and they won. And uh, um, Corey Crawford was actually really good in that series, too. Now, of course, the Blackhawks have to play Robin Leonard, who they trade to Vegas uh, just before at, at the deadline. So that's going to be pretty interesting. But uh, I don't know. My when I saw people complaining about this, my my first thought was like, if this league promoted more than half a dozen guys, you wouldn't need to worry about those half dozen guys making the playoffs in order to get people's attention. You know, like Anthony Beauvillier has got a lot of people's attention now because he had a really good series against the Panthers. But it's like. You know, he's been in the league for four years. Like other people could have known he existed. I don't know. Maybe he's like a, he's too small. But maybe that's a bad example. But like, why isn't Carey Price on the same level as as McDavid or or Crosby? Why isn't it like, well, McDavid's going home, but but Price is still here. I don't I don't understand. Like, it's just this is what happens. And the NHL's always been like this. It's right. always been you know four guys that get all the attention and and then seven hundred guys that don't. And then people are like, well, nobody cares about hockey. Well, I wonder why <laughs> you're just completely ignoring 99% of the league. It's crazy. I, I also think it's the people that were complaining about it. And a lot of these complaints really start to surface um, when it looked like the Leafs were going to be eliminated. Right. Um, where people who, who, who aren't like, uh, they're not mainstream media. They're, they're much more, uh, you know, independent journalists and smart people for sure. But um, they're also the type of people who will be like, well, if you don't know that Marcus Foligno is is really just a dominant force at five on five, like then I don't know what kind of hockey you're watching. Like, no, maybe it's because nobody talks about him, and you guys are complaining that Austin Matthews might be going home, and and <laughs> that like oh Pierre Luc Dubois is advancing, and and the NHL has really shot itself in the foot with this format. Uh, I just, it just blows my mind because these people will will all they just get so in the, their own heads and their own numbers where they, they just can't accept that this is a sport. It's supposed to be fun and entertaining. And if, if you're complaining about this whole format, like I, I you might just want to stop watching it, be watching maybe not just this year, but going forward, because this is why people are drawn to hockey. It's that, you know, the, the golden state warriors aren't in the NHL. Like they're not, the playoffs don't start. And then it's a formality until the playoffs, um, until the championship. Anybody can beat anybody. It's a game played on ice. It's vulcanized rubber. There's, it's chaotic. Like that's why we love it. Like the Vegas Golden Knights two years ago, nobody was saying like, "Oh, the NHL really shot itself in the foot with this." Like people were like, "This is awesome." Like I don't just because Connor McDavid, like people wanted to watch Connor McDavid and the see see him get like a a nod and and stuff like that from from the greater hockey world or the greater sports world on this kind of advanced, bigger stage. Like, I just don't get why you get so upset <laughs> when they get so upset about that. But on a February night in the regular season, they're talking about how good, uh, you know, Connor Garland is and, and how he needs more publicity. So mm. you, you can't have it both ways. Like this is a you need to look at it like that. Like this is a great opportunity for players like Christian Dvorak. This is a great opportunity mm. for players like Anthony Beauvillier who who haven't had the, the spotlight on him because frankly it's impossible when you need to worry about ratings and you need to get the flyers and blackhawks on nbc sports every wednesday or the rangers because th those are the teams that drive ratings uh so this is a perfect opportunity to grow the game i think and for for people to, to say you know what like 
I think this uh this Anthony Beauvillier guy's pretty cool. Like I I I I I'm, I like this guy. Like I think people are really missing like the the forest for the trees here and the fact that that uh, I don't I don't think it was a coincidence that this was all happening as the the Leafs were were down three nothing and looked like they were <laughs> they were going out too. But, but uh yeah, it's it's th- this form like the NHL which more than any other league, more than any other sports entity and outfit I I would have given them almost a zero percent chance of being able to pull off this whole drama or saga or a tournament that, that like I would give them a zero percent chance in March. I would have said there's no way we'll see you in October. I'm I'm so impressed with this how this thing has unfolded. Yeah, the ice is bad. That's about as big a complaint that you can have. Like it's, who cares? Like this is this has they've done a really good job, and the people that are complaining about it not only are, is their bottom line affected by the fa- if if there was hockey or not. Like I don't, I just don't get how there there's all this, you know, wah wah wahing about this this thing when when it's been great on all on on every level. Like even if the Islanders were eliminated, sure, I'd be a little sour, but I'd be sour about the Islanders. I want to be sour about the format and, and the league. I, I just it just blows my mind that these just just take a step back and and realize like what's going on and, and you you it, it's pretty impossible to complain about how things are going yeah the, the format no I, I agree with you like the format has been great and dude friday was insane like there were six insane. games they were all elimination games uh by the time and i watched a piece of all of them basically i didn't i didn't finish watching the uh the Canucks wild game in which uh, Vancouver eliminated Minnesota. <laughs> it was a little bit too late. And, but I was gassed the next day it was only two games. And I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm kind of glad there's only two games today because I'm beat. Like that was emotional. <laughs> I mean, the, obviously the Islanders, you know, were in the noon game and I was emotional having watched them win. And that was great. But then it, it went right into these other ones. And then another team that got eliminated was the uh, national predators who, you know, should be thankful that the Penguins and Oilers were eliminated because if they weren't, uh, they might be the most disappointing team in this tournament because that's a team with a lot of famous people on it that, I don't know, something, something just ain't working there. It, it's it's weird. And um, they were eliminated in overtime by the Coyotes. And um, it's funny you mentioned Christian Dvorak because um, the guy who scored the goal to win the series was Brad Richardson. And afterwards, I saw a quote attributed to him that was like, "We're just we were just tired of the Coyotes not being in the conversation. And I was like damn, I can respect that. Like, good for you, Brad yeah. Richardson. Like, that's, you know, I feel that. I feel that I can feel a kinship there. Like, I'm tired of my team being out of the conversation too. Good for you. And so, you know, Michael Grabner and and Phil Kessel are going to be in, in the playoffs now. I forget who they're playing, but it's like, um, oh, I, I guess they play uh, Colorado. So, I mean, they got a tall order, but, uh, you know, they're going to make, they're going to do something and they're going to get more eyeballs. And, you know, we've talked about it too, like the the idea that, the idea behind a lot of these advanced stats was that it was supposed to illuminate people and players that wouldn't normally get that kind of fo- spotlight. And so, you, you know, you you would focus on a guy, you know, instead of focusing on a guy's goals and assists, you would be like, well, yeah, he's not scoring that much, but he does X, Y, and Z pretty well. And all it ends up doing, all it ended up doing was kind of like, you know, marginalizing a bunch of other guys for other things instead of what we had been marginalizing them for before in the first place. So it, it's kind of eaten its own tail a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I, you know, as our friend Arthur Staples said in a tweet too, like instead of complaining about uh, a, a three or four or five seed, I guess it was the Penguins or a five seed getting beaten by a 12 seed. How about you just win the games? Like if the Penguins are that good, beat them, like I'd beat the Habs. Like it's not, you know, I'm not going to say it's not that hard, but like, you can't the, the penguins sleptwalk through that whole series and then they're like, Well, I can't believe 
they're out. Well, talk to them. <laughs> like they're the ones that lost. Like, you know, they didn't have to lose. They could have, <laughs> if, if Genny Malkin showed up the way he had been playing for the last 15 years, they don't lose that series. So don't lose. And then you have to complain about it. Yeah. Anyway, if you can't see the beauty in, in the way that this bracket looks right now, you just, I don't know if you're, you're, you're really meant to get any joy. Like you're not going to get any joy out of ho- watching hockey. And that's the point. Like this isn't a sport. Like this isn't something where you, you this isn't like nuclear science where you got to get everything right or, or else the world explodes. Like this is a sport. So you should be, you should look at this and say, holy shit, the coyotes are, are in the playoffs now. Uh, like I don't, I don't, was not expecting this. They had a 0% chance of, um, according to my model in, in March, like, yeah, no shit. Like the world, <laughs> the world got flipped upside down in between that. No model accounted for that. And now look, yeah. look what happened. Like it, it just, who cares? Like who cares? Yeah. Enjoy it. And like, just let it distract you from everything else and Mm. enjoy the fact that Phil Kessel and the Kachina jerseys, is that how you say it? I don't know if you say that right. Right. Kachina. I love it. They're going to be, they're going to be in front of a lot more people now and people are going to buy those jerseys and you might see that logo and Brad Richardson might be part of the conversation. So (laughs) that's, that's what's great about this format and, and the way that this tournament's unfolded. It's not that, you know, who, we all know Sidney Crosby is really good. Like the, the no people didn't need to see him anymore to, to drive home the point that he was good. Like uh, uh, you feel bad for, for the greater audience that Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid aren't going to be on their TV sets at 8 PM. I have news for you. People know like what they, what it looks like when they play hockey and come, you know, December and January, Sidney Crosby is going to be on our TV set again. And he's going to be in front of everybody. And you're going to be complaining like, wow, I can't believe the NHL is throwing another flyers penguins game on NBC when the, uh, the oil or, or the, the Canucks and, and, uh, Kings are playing and they're much better. Like, like they're off the hot start. Like they're really shooting themselves in the foot. Like I just, it's just, it blows my mind. I also feel that a lot of people making those complaints don't realize how little, uh, Connor McDavid matters like in the United States, <laughs> I just, um, you and me, we know who Connor McDavid is. I work with a couple of guys that know who Connor McDavid is, but like the vast majority of sports fans in this world, in this country, don't know who Connor McDavid is. And that's just how it is. Same with Austin Matthews. It's going to happen, you know, if the Leafs lose tonight. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of high end competitions while they were having their off days and their, bubble hotel floor the islanders had another high-end sporting competition the boys of the isle ping pong tournament and the winner uh is our favorite new guy uh jg pajot who came out uh into the finals against adam pellick he had his robe on he had his headband on he was like apollo creed coming into the uh the ring against ivan drago yeah he had like you know would have had uh, James Brown playing in the background. Obviously things worked out better for JG than they did for Apollo Creed in that movie, but uh, it's pretty cool to see. And uh, he's just, he's just a great guy. I just love him. He's just, he's so so much fun. And uh, it's really, it's, he's achieved Islanders legend status in just record time. I don't know if anybody else has ever done like, like a period and a half when he fought Jacob Truba. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, we talk a lot about carrying momentum over from, from the break and he's definitely carried his like Islander, um islander legend momentum you know obviously that was six months ago and he he, people are like yeah no i I, this guy that fight is right like he he, that's who this guy is he's been great like i I love him he's got we had the chant going actually you could even go before that because he signed the contract he got traded and immediately signed that extension 
And I was he, like, what? He, he signed here already? Further than that, if you think about it, when he scored four goals to beat the Rangers in that playoff yeah. series, which was the most, if you yeah. if you go and YouTube that that game, the the that comeback was insane. Like the the Senators, I think they were down four two and won that game in overtime. Uh, Pajot scored, I think, their last three goals or maybe two out of their last three, including the double overtime winner. And if you watch him, you're just like he looks in that those games. He looks exactly like his style of play like he's just like buzzing all over the place he's in the right place at the right time getting tips on pucks and having a blast uh yeah god what a guy yeah he really is yeah and you know he was talking about this team being a brotherhood and and how he's happy to be here and uh yeah he's just been such a great addition and he played really really well i mean if if Beauvillier had a coming out series against the uh the Panthers, I mean, Pajot was right there with him. He he was really all over the place. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about him last time. I don't want to repeat ourselves, but he just brings everything to the table that Barry Trotz wants. He He's defensively responsible, but he's got some, some finish on the other end as well. You know, he doesn't take penalties. He doesn't, uh, you know, do too much. Uh, he's out there just following the game plan and, and it works and he finds his holes and he, and he makes, makes do with what he gets. And that's, that's the way they want to do it. So, um, it was great to see Barzell kind of come out in that last game. Uh, he admitted too, that he had trouble kind of finding, ramping up the speed a little bit. Uh, but once they hit that, that elimination game, uh, game four, I guess the, the loss to the the Panthers was kind of a wake up call for him or whatever. Um, he finally found that groove and he looked like Matt Barzell. He was knifing through defenders and he was skating all over the place. And uh, it, that line still needs a little bit of, uh, of work uh, with Lee. Lee had, had his chances in that game. Couldn't drop any. And then Everly just looked okay. He's kind of the, the sneaky one in there. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was nice. So um, yeah, hopefully they can take this. And no, and now they're starting a doubles tournament. Uh, in ping pong, they they announced today. So uh, I guess Pajo, because he won last time, uh, he's his partner in the doubles tournament is is Uncle Leo. So uh, <laughs> well, I, I assume it's they're like trying to balance things out a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Barzell and and Beauvillier were the other two finalists, uh, the semifinalists. So Bar so Beauvillier lost to Pelic and Barzell lost to Pajot. So I wonder if, if Beauvillier and Barzell would be teammates or if they maybe didn't allow that because they're just too close and too – they would have that like sort of telepathic link that you can't – you know, like Venus and Serena Williams. The, you know, you, the, the two of them on the, on the court together is just too much. You can't do that. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see how that, how that works out. But they're going to be in the, in the bubble for at least yeah. another week and a half. So I, we'll find out. Yeah, and uh, one other note about – Pajot, as this has kind of becoming just a Pajot podcast the past couple of days, uh, is that he, if you think about the Islanders trade deadline acquisitions from, I don't know, past decade, uh, if there have been any, remember, like for a while, they just didn't, the Islanders didn't make trades. So they went from between Matt Martin to, to Andy Green without making a trade. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to see, like, not just Pajot, but Green too, just having an impact. Uh, because you know it's not it's not Shane Prince it's not you know guys like that who, who Tyler Kennedy for a seventh round pick it's it's cool to see uh, these guys who who they you know, have certainly paid for come in and, and really and really have the impact that they're paying for uh, and, and and I think that's part of the reason I like him so much is that he he kind of and and I like Andy Green a lot too for the same reason like this the Islanders they took a swing and and they they kind of hit got you know at least a double out of both of them so far it could turn into a home run with the two of them uh so it's just it's been great uh and boy yeah he's 
God, JG Peugeot was really hard not to like. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a trait of consequence, which the Islanders have not had in quite some time. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Panthers down, Caps now on deck. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the timing is going to be like of these things, but uh, if we don't have any more noon hockey, I got to say I did enjoy it. It was a little bit hard on the brain while I'm trying to work and watch hockey at the same time, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was really, really neat. Now, I don't know if we're going to have a lot of noon games now going on. I would assume it's probably like four and then, you know, eight in each bubble, but uh, we'll have to find out. uh, Yeah, that's what I'm assuming too. Yeah. Um, oh, the, sorry. I just remember what the other thing we talk about real quick. Monday night is phase two of the draft lottery. <laughs> uh, all of the teams that you absolutely hate are going to be in it, maybe including the Leafs. We'll have to find out. Um, you know, it's, this could go sideways in any kind of way for the Islanders. You know, we'll see. We'll just have to see what happens. I mean, none of the teams that are in it that the Islanders hate really need an offensive left wing like Alexis Lafreniere. So maybe he goes to, uh, you know, Nashville or somebody like that. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Or Edmonton. That's I don't so even scary. care if he goes to Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. As long as as long as he, he doesn't end up with Pittsburgh, New York, or Toronto, right. um, you know, I'm totally cool with it. Uh, but, yeah, it is the, the, there's some kind of, you know, I am smarting a bit at the fact that uh, – the, the Penguins actually good, or they're a good defensive team. Like if he goes to Pittsburgh, it's that's a that's a big problem just from a uh, personnel standpoint and, and Islanders standpoint. But you know, if he goes to the Rangers and the or the Leafs, if they lose tonight, like they like you said, like the, these teams need defense. So uh, he he can certainly he'll make them better. But it's not they're not really solving their fatal flaw with a, a left wing in in the number one <laughs> overall pick. Um, right. I have a I have a friend who's a big Montreal Canadiens fan, and he's been rooting for the Leafs, so right. it's just so he doesn't have to deal with a French Canadian superstar going to Toronto. But and and that kind of makes me even laugh a little bit more. Like I was just like this, it, it's funny that, that that how backwards this whole thing has turned everybody. Uh, you know, right. it's raining cats and dogs basically with uh, the the Habs fans rooting for the Leafs to win in the playoffs just because of you know the the, the ramifications of losing out on another French Canadian superstar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it, it's now that obviously that any draft lottery there's always uh, frozen ping pong ball theories and uh, I wonder if the NHL you know they, they're obviously aware uh, that people are just assuming that the Penguins or uh, Leafs or Rangers are going to end. Everyone just assumes they're gonna, he's going to end up with one of those big teams. But if they really want a galaxy brain, this thing, they just freeze the lot the lottery balls for the Panthers and let them go. Uh, let right. go to South Florida. That would be great. Sure, do that. Yeah, let them let them go there. I mean, you know, somebody else. Let somebody else get in on on the action. You know, and have them go there. And uh, yeah, it's just um, you know, it, it's just galling when when it's the guys that you know, are, are involved, but, and there's no like phase three, right? There's no scenario in which the well, it depends could, on who wins. I'm sure if, if the yeah. Winnipeg Jets win, there might be a phase three where the Jets, the Jets and Rangers go to a bubble and play out for uh, Alexis Lafreniere. But, mm. Yeah, that would be cool. Actually, that's a good place for him too. Send him to Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg but, uh, would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. So that's Monday night if you want to watch and, and torture yourself. So oh, I can't wait. That's, that's yeah. really going to be great. I cannot wait. That is a great that is a great day to just sit back and, and watch Twitter. Uh, yeah, you know. Oh yeah. There's there's Bill a Daly. ton of insufferable people on Twitter, but just to watch the Twitter reactions for that is is going to be great. Yeah, it's always great, especially like I said when the Oilers win. You know, the, all the Bill Daly 
pictures come out, you know, of his <laughs> Oilers first round picks throughout the year. So uh, it should be good. But uh, yeah, so check that out. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try and be back again. We don't know the schedule right now, so we'll have to play it by year. Um, if we can come back this week, we'll we'll try. Um, you're having some construction done in your house, so we'll have to see uh, see how it plays out. But if anything, you know, we could always come back early next week and, and talk about it. But it's a seven game series now, so it's going to go a little bit longer uh, than the other series. Hopefully, it goes uh, in the Islanders' direction. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. You could follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, you, what's your Twitter handle again? Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. I'm sure you're going to have some uh, betting lines and and betting info uh, for everybody coming up real soon on uh, whatever these finalized uh, series are. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a good one. A real old school matchup. You know, Isles and Caps go back a long, 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 long way in the playoffs. And uh, it's time to get some revenge for uh, 2015, I think. So yeah. uh, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy. Yeah, do it for Lubo. There you go. <laughs> that's that's how to think about it. It's time finally. Uh, and uh, enjoy, you know, the first few games, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, when we talk to you. All right, thanks a lot. Bye bye.